hello everyone. My name is Candace Testa. I am a member of the Mashantucket Pequot Tribal Nation and I live here in our ancestral homelands at Mashantucket. Mashantucket means place of the great trees and I currently work as the program events manager for the cultural bazaars. And the cultural bazaars bring in artists from all over the world, indigenous artists to sell their artwork to an American market. Tell us a little bit about the kind of art you do and how you got started. The art form that really resonates the most for me has been beadwork. And I really enjoy beading with little glass beads, either size 12 or 15. And I began beading when I worked at the Mashantucket Pequot Museum and Research Center as an educator in their program department. It was a, a wonderful opportunity to work for the museum because there were many artists coming through on a regular basis. And it was one gallery in particular. It was Sing Your Story, Dance Me Home and Going into that gallery and seeing the exquisite beadwork just really created an, a resonance for me that this is something that I want to do. This is something I want to try. Witnessing and being in the presence of that beadwork was the first time I felt a sort of spiritual experience. Just seeing the perfection of all those beads being laid down in the color combinations. It was, it's really something to strive for. I can't say that I've ever created anything that would make someone feel that way, but it is certainly a goal. And my first beadwork teachers were Tony Whedon at the museum. She knew of my interest, so she taught me loom beading. And then later on, I went to the Tomaquag Museum, owned by the Narragansett people. And uh, Lorenz Spears, she had weekly classes. And not only did I acquire more beading skills. This was like over 20 years ago. I also learned that I really, really love being in an art workshop with other people who share the same passion. There's a camaraderie and a sense of togetherness. There's healing and connection that, that occurs during some of these workshops that I never experienced anywhere else. And what kind of themes show up in your work? What, what inspires you? I love nature. I, my parents were back to the land people and they, along with other families, purchased 40 acres of land where we lived without running water or electricity and spent a lot of time in the quiet of nature. And I have a deep relationship with the place where I was raised, but also where I live now. There are just so many patterns and color combinations that, you know, you really don't even need an imagination because it's all laid out before you of what would look the most beautiful. I'm very lucky to live here at Mashantucket. It's within the state of Connecticut and currently it's fall. So all of the leaves are changing colors and returning to the earth. Um, so I'm... <laughs> filled with inspiration on a regular basis. I take photos uh, of plants um, from a distance and very close up that I later use for inspiration for my artwork. That was like so perfect as you're talking about that and the bird is in the background. Was that a woodpecker? Yeah, that was a woodpecker. And there are some trees here uh, that were affected by the gypsy moths. And so they've been dying. And But the beautiful side of it is that we have so many woodpeckers here in the area, from the downy woodpecker to the, the red-bellied and the, uh, the pileated. We have lots of activity here. 
Cool. Well, one of the questions I was really interested in, too, was what role Indigenous art has in supporting Indigenous survival. Where do you see your beadwork fitting into that? Specifically for me, it's recreating and continuing the different patterns that I have witnessed on items created by my ancestors. So there is a a sense of continuity of using a design that has been used for, you know, thousands of years within my own work. And hopefully it'll create the same kind of resonance in others that it does with me. And in the future, someone would be inspired to, to also use these patterns, but also current beadwork, even though, you know, glass beads are not, you know, indigenous to this area, we did not make glass beads. But what we did instead was a porcupine quill embroidery, again, with the different patterns and designs and the way of going about beautifying your moccasins or your leggings. People still use porcupine quills to adorn their regalia, their native clothing, but beads are quite common and and a lot easier to use, if I might add. Do you see art as political? Yeah, I really do believe that art is is subjective. Art comes out of out of the artist from a spiritual place, a cultural place. It can reflect their past, their present. It could be a message for the future. And even something as simple as just beading a flower, you might say, oh, that's beautiful. That what a wonderful rendition of that flower. It, it looks quite realistic. But for an Indigenous person beading a flower or using porcupine quills to, to replicate the image of a flower, it is in a way a political statement of, you know, we are still here and we have value and we plan on continuing to remain here. And uh, I don't want to make a, an overarching statement, but, you know, we are connected to nature and even nature having value to the point where it should be respected and protected from destruction, from things like mining and overlogging. You know, it really has to do with the the artists themselves and the person who's viewing it. And what lens are you viewing this artwork through? Are you looking at it on a purely superficial, yes, this is beautiful, but even that, if it adds beauty to your life, then you know, that's wonderful, but everything can have many levels of meaning. What kind of challenges have you faced, Candice, as a woman artist, as an Indigenous woman artist? Well, you know, who deserves the right to be called an artist? Are you an artist when the things that you create sell for thousands of dollars? Or are you an artist when you are creating for yourself and your family and your loved ones? How do you know if your art truly has value? I think that has been a an issue for me is, you know, do I have a right to call myself an artist? And of course, you know, I know I do. I, I create. I'm creative. I'm using the tools and the methods of my ancestors to create for my family and, and to teach culture to not only my family, but to my community here at Mash and Tucket. But there is always that level of, of self-doubt. I think that's been a really big challenge. And even existing within this capitalistic world of, you know, does something have value if you can't put a price tag on it? Are you an artist if you're not selling your work? to others. But I think just inherently the way I live my life and the way I choose to 
utilize the skills that I've acquired and have the skills that have been shared with me with my family and community has uh, been growth giving, but yeah, still, still a challenge in regards to, you know, who deserves to be called an artist. I've been thinking about the power of creativity, how that can be a positive force in our world. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, creative energy is is powerful and creating together as a community or even like on a global level to change the collective consciousness is needed to find areas of our human existence that we all have in common to bring us together. Even though I'm using beads and some people are using porcupine quills, others might be painting, but to, you know, use art as a vehicle for sharing our voice and to sharing these areas of commonality with one another in the hopes that the things that divide us, you know, like politics and religion and can be put to the the wayside or maybe be healed. We are creative creatures as humans uh, and we see art all throughout time telling us messages and sharing messages and creating feelings. So I'm always in support of community projects. There was a a project that I wanted to do here with my community and haven't yet, utilizing deer hide and making deer hide squares and having people bead or porcupine quill or paint on one of those squares and then have it woven together so it shows the connectiveness of us all and and all the different ways that we have of communicating and, and sharing our story. Are there things that you wanted to make sure you made a point to talk about? Definitely go to our cultural survival website at culturalsurvival.org and learn about our mission, um, our vision, and and more about our work because we do more than have our cultural survival bazaars. There are so many programs that are supporting Indigenous people all over the world. The cultural bazaars is one platform of bringing Indigenous people here so they can sell to an American market and also allowing them to have that space where their art is valued and and maintaining their connection to the earth and the creation of their Indigenous art. It really is a blessing to be a part of this organization and I hope that you all will go to the website and learn more.